wasabi wallet. Unfairly private. What's up, everyone? I am Ben with the BTC Sessions, and this is your daily session. Huddle that Bitcoin. Before we dive in, of course, got to give a big shout out to sponsors of the show, Ledin.io. This is where you can use your Bitcoin for a whole bunch of different services. Now, I've been using these guys for well over a year now. Uh, the first thing I ever used of theirs was their Bitcoin backed loans, where you can use your Bitcoin as collateral to get a Canadian or US dollar loan. So in my case, I was in a pinch. I needed some dollars, but I didn't want to sell my Bitcoin for two reasons. That's a taxable event. And two, I was worried I'd have to buy back in at a higher price point. So I was able to deposit my Bitcoin, get a loan to my bank account within 24 hours. And as soon as I paid back that loan, I got back the exact same amount of Bitcoin. So uh, they've also got some other offerings here. They've got their Bitcoin and USDC savings accounts, and they just upped the interest rates on those to a maximum of 8.8%. Uh, and then they've got their B2X offering. And what this does is uses the same loan mechanism to instantly buy you more Bitcoin, which effectively doubles your Bitcoin on the spot. So if you want to check these guys out, and I do recommend you check them out, there is a link in the show notes down below. And if you use that link and opt to get a loan, they'll give you 50 bucks worth of Bitcoin for free. And secondly, if you want to help out the show in another way and you have not yet gotten yourself a hardware wallet, well, you can help out the show by clicking the link and picking yourself up a ledger. Even if you opt not to get a ledger, I do really recommend that you look into hardware solutions to secure your Bitcoin. I, of course, have the Ledger Nano X and I do have the Ledger Nano S and I use them for different purposes um, and lots of fun things, which we'll get into later in the show. Something I've been playing around with lately. Uh, but yeah, uh, you can check them out. They've got a whole bunch of deals if you click the links in the show notes. With that, let's dive into the news. Now, unfortunately, I recorded before all this happened yesterday, so I'm covering it today. There was a massive Twitter hack. A whole bunch of prominent figures had their, uh, I guess, Twitter handles commandeered by an unknown individual who then perpetrated a Bitcoin scam and got people to send Bitcoin to an address uh, for illicit means. Basically, just he wanted to steal uh, Bitcoin from a whole bunch of different people. So I'm going to read a little bit from the BBC here. It says billionaires Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and Bill Gates are among many prominent U.S. figures targeted by hackers on Twitter in an apparent Bitcoin scam. The official accounts of Barack Obama, Joe Biden, and Kanye West also requested donations in cryptocurrency. Everyone is asking me to give back, a tweet from Bill Gates' account said. You send $1,000, I send you back $2,000. Twitter said it was a coordinated attack targeting its employees with access to internal systems and tools. We know they, the hackers, used this access to take control of many highly visible, including verified accounts, and tweet on their behalf, the company said in a series of tweets. It added that significant steps had been taken to limit access to such internal systems and tools while the company's investigation was ongoing. The firm also blocked users from 
being able to tweet Bitcoin wallet addresses for the time being. So some examples of these tweets that came out, uh, Joe Biden saying, I am giving back to the community. All Bitcoin sent to the address below will be sent back doubled. If you send $1,000, I will send 2000 Only doing this for 30 minutes. Same message from Barack Obama, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, all this different stuff happening here. Um, yeah, and and Jack from Twitter, Jack Dorsey, he did tweet out later. He said, tough day for us at Twitter. We all feel terrible this happened. We're diagnosing and we'll share everything we can when we have a more complete understanding of exactly what happened. Uh, love to our teammates working hard to make this right. So essentially, what initially people thought was just, oh, some passwords got cracked and there wasn't two-factor authentication and other security measures used on these Twitter accounts, it was actually definitely from the back end. So that seems to suggest that it was internal or a rogue employee or whatever, but it was not the fault of the individuals who owned the accounts, but rather uh, the processes in the background governing the, the Twitter infrastructure. Now, um, with this came a load of bad takes, as always is when anything negative happens with Bitcoin. Let's note that when something illicit happens with dollars, you never see it, uh, you never see it denoted as a dollar scam or a US dollar scam or whatever, you, but you do hear Bitcoin scam uh, in major headlines like this on the BBC. Anyways, one of the bad takes I wanted to note um, this guy, Josh Barrow, I don't even know who he is, but apparently he has quite a few followers. He says, you know, we wouldn't have to worry about this sort of thing if cryptocurrency was illegal. I'm not kidding. Crypto has no socially beneficial uses and quite a few socially harmful uses. Why is it allowed? So, I mean, again, such a terrible take. Number one, <laughs> we wouldn't have to worry about this if cryptocurrency was illegal. Why wouldn't you? Because it's you can't stop it just because it's illegal. Um, it still functions. You can still utilize it. That's like, it, I mean, scamming people and stealing their money is illegal and it still happened. Before this, before cryptocurrency existed, before Bitcoin existed, there were other scams utilizing things like Apple gift cards and other major gift cards where people would say, Okay, you owe taxes. You have to go out and buy a bunch of Apple gift cards and then you know take pictures of them and send them in, which sounds ridiculous, but people would still fall for it. It sounds about as ridiculous as somebody saying, send me $1,000 and I'll send you back $2,000. Um, but besides the fact, again, just terrible takes. But I gleaned from this and I tweeted about it. I said, revel in the fact that we are so ridiculously early. Imagine the total lack of understanding required to have this kind of a take. This is how most normies or individuals that have not delved into Bitcoin whatsoever currently think. Um, again, just the, the separation from how any of this works is quite astounding. And again, in the plethora of bad takes that we got, of course, Peter Schiff had to come out of the woodwork for this one. His tweet, good God, it looks like all verified Twitter accounts have been hacked by someone running a hashtag Bitcoin scam. There we go again. Uh, for once, not being verified has has its advantages. Um, I wonder if this is a harbinger 
of Bitcoin itself being hacked. <laughs> Better to play it safe and just buy gold. Only Peter Schiff could look at somebody saying, hacking a Twitter account and saying, send me Bitcoin as, is Bitcoin hacked? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I gleaned from this is that the individual, rather than causing a global catastrophe, uh, wanted to actually accumulate Bitcoin. Um, who is it? Uh, Citizen Bitcoin on Twitter. Actually, I'm going to look it up right now. Uh, but he had one of the best memes that I saw come out of this entire thing. It was the typical jealous girlfriend meme. Where is it? Oh, tell me he didn't take it down. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I love this one. I think it's so funny. Twitter hacker uh, looking at accumulating Bitcoin over starting World War Three. Again, A game on the memes. Brady, solid work. I really enjoyed this one. And then again, we had uh, Niraj uh, tweeting out scammers who have taken over high profile accounts using the hide tweet feature to hide replies saying it's a scam. And the reason I find this interesting is that this measure was rolled out, if you're unfamiliar, on Twitter uh, as a way for people that didn't like the replies to their tweets to be able to hide them. And so the scammers took advantage of this feature to be able to censor, and they actually censored the people that were trying to say, nobody do this, it's a scam. They were able to remove those replies or at least hide them so nobody saw. And potentially um, this contributed to more people losing money because there were no warnings available. So it just kind of goes to show that when you allow for censorship, you can censor the the bad or the the abrasive things that come across Twitter, but you can also censor the people that may have something valuable to contribute. Um, now, through all of this, however, only $120,000, although I think it's a little bit more at this point, only $120,000 in Bitcoin uh, was actually received by the scammer and stolen. Um, so you can actually track the, the wallet address if you go look it up. I'm not going to bring it up on here. But um, yeah, basically, there wasn't a whole lot. There wasn't a whole lot of Bitcoin scam given that they had access to like hundreds of millions of eyeballs uh, by commandeering all of these accounts. Now, part of this is probably because a large number of people that saw those tweets didn't have immediate access to Bitcoin. They weren't onboarded. They would have had to sign up, provide some sort of KYC, buy the Bitcoin and then send it. Um, then I would say a large number of people who actually hide uh, hold their own Bitcoin obviously are not going to fall for this by and large because of the ethos of don't trust verify. If you're holding your own Bitcoin, you have hardware wallets, you've been around for a while, you're less likely to fall for something like this. And then the third contributing factor to this, oddly enough, even though that this is a function of centralization being uh, malicious in a way or allowing for malicious activity, centralization may have actually saved some newcomers. Um, this from Decrypt. On the other hand, centralized exchanges were able to play part in preventing victims from losing their money, which may have kept losses to a minimum. At least three crypto exchanges, including Hyobi, OK Exchange, and Coinbase, blocked their customers 
scammers from transferring money to the scammer's Bitcoin address. In some sense, centralized exchanges saved the day after a centralized company got hacked. Um, yeah, so I mean, there's a give and take with this. Uh, some people just, they'll go on Coinbase and they'll just park their money there. And if they haven't done their research, then yeah, they, they may have been saved from this particular scam. They may not have been saved from investing in all of the other shit coins that Coinbase offers, but uh, I guess it's a give and take relationship. Anyways, uh, let me know. Did you see these tweets? What did you see? Did you uh, see any other terrible takes from the whole thing? Let me know. Um, moving on, Cash App, and I guess in the same vein, is still Jack Dorsey here, uh, prints a Bitcoin logo on a NASCAR race car. So the short story here, I'm not going to dive into this too much, but Cash App signed a multi-year sponsorship deal with Dorella Bubba Wallace's NASCAR team. Bitcoin is detailed on Bubba's signature car as part of the sponsorship. The first race on Sunday could garner viewership of over 3 million. Now, a couple things about this. Uh, the actual Bitcoin logo on it is in green and looks a lot like the Bitcoin Cash logo, unfortunately. But I guess that, I mean, Cash App is green, the logo for them. But yeah, the branding probably could have been a little bit better in and around Bitcoin. But hey, I, I guess what are you going to do? Um, now, the other thing is that Bubba Wallace, if that sounds familiar, that's because he was the center of something a little bit controversial the last month or two in the wake of all of the, the Black Lives Matter drama and protests and everything. Um, supposedly, at the time, he said that he found a noose uh, in his garage of his his NASCAR team and thought it to be some sort of a hate crime. But upon further investigation by the FBI, they found it to just be a regular door pull to close the door when it's up. Um, and the, again, it seems to not have been any sort of a, a race-related scare tactic or anything like this. It was just, I, I think, just people being on edge and looking too deeply at relatively uh, mundane things that were in no way meant to be uh, attacks. So anyways, I've seen some people on Twitter saying that this Cash App sponsorship with this particular NASCAR team can be seen as a little bit of virtue signaling, signaling on part of Cash App. I... Dare I say I somewhat agree with that because it seems suspect that that would be the NASCAR team that Cash App decides to, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Do you think it's virtue signaling, signaling to sponsor this particular? I mean, they're going to have sponsors no matter what. They are in the media. So, I mean, is it is it just the best interest of a brand to get on board with somebody who happens to be in the middle of the media frenzy right now. Maybe, maybe it's a good expenditure of funds. I don't know. Maybe it's just capitalism. Uh, anyways, let's move on. Yesterday we were talking about PayPal and Wealthsimple adding Bitcoin. Well, Revolut, they previously allowed UK users and I believe people throughout Europe to buy and sell Bitcoin as well as Ethereum. Well, they're adding that functionality for US customers now. 
It is, however, well, I'll just read a little bit from the Decrypt article here. Uh, Revolut initially launched in the States back in March, but until today only offered fiat banking services. Now customers in 49 states can purchase, store, and sell Bitcoin and Ethereum through the Revolut app. Cryptocurrency stored in the Revolut app currently can't be sent to external wallets, which means it is 100% custodial. You're gaining exposure to the price fluctuations, but you have no way of really verifying that the Bitcoin is actually there. You have no way of actually pulling the Bitcoin off of the app. This seems to be the case also with Wealth Simple, um, and it's also not insured. I don't know about Revolut here, uh, but PayPal. We'll see if that's the case. I would not be surprised if that was the case initially, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Anyways, I think overall it's a positive thing to get more eyeballs seeing Bitcoin. And if the customers demand it, then companies like this will allow you to eventually withdraw it to your own Bitcoin wallet. And I suspect that to be the case in a, in a lot of this because this stuff is going to have to work with worldwide infrastructure. And if Bitcoin becomes relatively ubiquitous around the world over the next, I don't know, decade, couple of decades, well, instances like this where people are running maybe BTC pay server as a merchant and they accept Bitcoin directly, if you have a Revolut account and you want to pay a merchant that's using BTC Pay, you can't do like a bank to bank transfer with Revolut with the exposure to Bitcoin. You need to spend actual Bitcoin. And so my guess is that these services that right now are custodial will allow actual Bitcoin transfers as well in the future. But hey, we'll see. Now, in uh, more kind of mainstream financial news, Visa partner Zap, if you're unfamiliar, Zap, uh, the Lightning Network wallet created by Jack Mallers, as well as Strike Lightning app, um, they raised $3.5 million to expand Bitcoin payments. So Zap is an, a relatively easy to use uh, Lightning Network wallet where you can set up channels, everything like that. Uh, whereas Strike is more of a consumer and merchant facing app where a merchant can be accepting Bitcoin, uh, whereas somebody using the strike app may not even realize that they're using Bitcoin. So the reason that this was invented in this instance is Jack Mallard's parents are involved in the cannabis industry. And right now it's virtually impossible to get any form of banking in the US in that industry. So they're they're basically, even though it's legal, they're treated as criminals and have to deal heavily in cash, which incurs all of their other kinds of fees. You have to have security for cash. You have to have armored vehicles to transport it. Where do you hold that? Would you have security deposit box? It's crazy what you have to do, the hoops that you have to jump through. So with this, Users are able to utilize Strike and instantly buy, send, and then convert back to dollars using Bitcoin Lightning Network as a payments rail. So I'm going to read a little bit from Forbes here. While Maller's idea of a payments network for Bitcoin is nothing new, Chicago-based Zap has distinguished itself by being one of the more sophisticated operations using a new platform built on top of Bitcoin called the Lightning Network that can instantly confirm settlement instead of the 10 minutes it normally takes. In addition to being faster, the Lightning Network sidesteps the fees associated with Bitcoin, which are much cheaper than traditional fees when sending large amounts, but have been proven to be prohibitive to people looking to use tiny amounts of Bitcoin in daily transactions. Quote from Jack says, 
One of the early use cases for us is content creators, journalists, or video game streamers, or even adult film actors and actresses put up profiles backed by our infrastructure and anyone in the world can tip them. Maller says. By moving the transaction off-chain and reducing the fees associated with smaller transactions, Mallers believes he'll have an edge over a rising tide of more mature cryptocurrency startups, including cryptocurrency giant Coinbase, also working with Visa. Another quote, our users today don't even know we're using Bitcoin when they're using dollars. It's just kind of like we've melted it into the background. I think tens of millions of people will be using this stuff in the next few years, and that just takes a little bit of capital. So the, the amazing thing that I think we're seeing here with Strike and Zab, and I'm really hoping that these, these seed rounds will help them accomplish this, is we're seeing this kind of inversion of the technology. And what I mean is when the internet first started, it had to piggyback on the existing rails of the phone networks in order to send this data. And, and the, the phone networks were not built for this type of infrastructure. And eventually, the internet built up its own infrastructure to the point where it was so efficient that the phone networks flipped and started using the internet infrastructure in order to place phone calls and communications. I think we're going to start to see this with Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoin has been by and large, trying to piggyback on some of the traditional rails for transfers. So you buy Bitcoin, you want to send it around the world and because it's, it is still cheaper and quicker to use a Bitcoin transaction to get money around the world quickly. But then you have to convert that Bitcoin back to local currency. Well, what we're seeing now is Zap does exactly the opposite. It's actually utilizing Bitcoin to speed up the legacy financial system and people don't even realize that they're that they're using Bitcoin. They see dollars in this bank account going to this bank account and it happens quickly in an instant utilized through the Bitcoin Lightning Network. So it's it's kind of cool to see that inversion taking place in real time and I think this is the first inkling of it. Now the last couple things I wanted to touch on here, well, I guess kind of one thing in general, is uh, you guys know that I'm a big fan of MyNode. Those unfamiliar, it's basically a software stack that allows you to interact with Bitcoin on many different levels, on the main chain, using Lightning, using BTC Pay Server as a merchant, um, using privacy features, and a lot of different stuff here. Um, and so I've been diving into a little bit of, of something called Spectre and Caravan. So Spectre is a kind of a, a front end for Bitcoin Core, which is the most utilized um, software for using Bitcoin wallets and confirming Bitcoin transactions, basically running a full node, running a full copy of the Bitcoin blockchain, a full record of every transaction. So you're verifying everything yourself. Well, Spectre allows you to import various wallets and create multi-signature. So what multi-signature does is it allows you to use a whole bunch of different devices. Let's say I want my Ledger Nano X, my Ledger Nano S, and my cold card or Trezor. I don't have one in front of me, but besides the fact. Let's say I want to use all of those wallets and I want to combine them and I want to require at least two of these three devices to approve a transaction. 
what I can do is when I set that up, I have an address that I can accept to without needing these. Um, but if I want to send money out, let's say it's for long-term savings and, and I'm worried about somebody, you know, breaking into my home or whatever, what I can do is I can have each of these devices in different locations. So not in my home, but maybe one in my home and one in another person's home and maybe one in a totally different city, however I wanna do it. And what can be done is that I'll need to get access to at least two of the three of these to send that transaction. So what that does is it greatly increases my security. If I want some, if, if somebody wants to break into my home and steal my Bitcoin, well, guess what? You're shit out of luck because you've got one of three keys and you need two of them. So unless you're gonna cart me around or across the globe to go get those other keys, tough shit, you're not getting the Bitcoin. And I think that this is an excellent tool. It is still very, early on with this kind of stuff as far as making it accessible to all. There are semi-custodial solutions where you'll have a, a company may hold a key for you. But um, this Spectre one created by Crypto Advance is one where you can set it up all on your own. Now I was playing with it a little bit via my node. I ran into some issues, um, things not updating and uploading correctly. But the interface does look relatively easy to navigate if you're I'd say kind of like a, a mediocre Bitcoiner and have a general idea what you're doing. Um, it's not bad. Now, in doing that, I also figured, hey, well, let's take a look at Caravan, which is also on the MyNode software stack here. So you have Caravan down here. And uh, this one was quite easy. I was surprised. Um, it took me two seconds to set up a two of two um, because they don't support cold card yet. But unchained let's let's see that happen um, but just with the two ledgers that I had here it took me like a minute to set it up basically you, you go in you hit the drop down you choose what you're using um, you hit ledger and then it'll say uh, plug in your ledger unlock it and open the Bitcoin app and then you hit import and you just gotta uh, confirm it on your device and then you do it again with another device and then another device, or depending what you're doing, maybe I want two of two, so I would only do two of here. I'd, I'd say two of three is better because if you lose one, then you're not screwed. But besides the fact, um, I was able to set this up quite quickly and export all the information as a backup just in case, super simple. So I, I'm pretty happy about this. I will be making a video about this. Um, probably pretty quickly here. I, 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 there was some issues before with it, but MyNode did an update and it seems to be working well now. So uh, I will be doing that um, and I'm quite excited about it. So I'll, I'll, I'll have that out to you as soon as humanly possible. With that, I'm going to wrap up, you guys. Thank you so much for watching and or listening. If you are here on YouTube, do hit like, subscribe, and share. Please do share. It's always great to get new people watching the show. Um, now, if you want to help out the show in another way, you can do a few things. You can hit up the sponsors or affiliate down below. That was Leaden, and that was uh, the Ledger. So if you go check out Leaden, you can get 50 bucks for free. Uh, if you go check out Ledger, of course, you get that great security and uh, you would also be helping out the show. You can also find me on other platforms. I'm on Facebook, DLive, Twitch, all that stuff. Um, and I'm audio only on the podcast. So if you prefer to listen and go, be sure to check me out there on Anchor. Um, and then besides the fact, if you really loved what you saw, you can drop me a Bitcoin Lightning Network tip. 
at my tippin.me page. That is tippin, T-I-P-P-I-N dot me slash at BTC sessions. And with that, I am out. Have yourselves a wonderful day, a wonderful evening, and I will see you next time for your daily session.